Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. You're listening to Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930 WBEN. This is where we hear from the businesses and services available in the Buffalo area. And if you'd like to be on the program, send me an email at randy.bushover at entercom.com. Joining me, Jamie Fiegel, partner with Fiegel Carr and Joyce, and this time talking a little bit about immigration, which uh, certainly we do a lot of between here and Canada. So that is uh, somewhat the focus, I guess. And is there anything... Uh, aside from the the obvious national implications, border walls, and all these sort of things, but bigger, broader perspective issues involving more our northerly neighbors. Um, there are some issues that are going on right now that affect the Canadians and affect other people in our local area. Uh, there was a policy that was supposed to take effect uh, a couple weeks ago that would affect people who were applying for a green card. And these people who were going through that application process would have to complete an additional form that would evaluate whether or not they were or ever were likely to become a public charge. So what that means is, are they likely to become at any point in their life someone who would apply for a government benefit? Um, it, it seems crazy. We've reviewed the form and they basically take into consideration all the assets and the liabilities of the person who is being sponsored, not the person who is sponsoring, the person, the, the foreign national as we refer to it. And uh, they were doing an evaluation to see a very discretionary type of event. Will this person ever become a public charge? Uh, and how that affects us locally is we have a lot of students who, especially from UB and the surrounding schools, that get into relationships that are foreign with foreign nationals. And they decide that they want to get married and move on with their life. Now, these students have usually own no home. They rent. They have a very low bank account. They have high student loans. They could have credit card debt. Uh, so on paper, they're very upside down financially. Um, and this would affect them because it would show that they would be likely to be a public charge, even though they haven't had the opportunity to put their degree into practice yet to be able to earn money to have those assets on the other side. And this it almost sounds like the language is necessarily intended to make it more difficult to actually apply and receive a green card because how could you possibly know something that's going to happen in the future unless you did a Marty McFly and had the, the special car and had all that knowledge and brought it back with you? It, it's just impossible to know. And and that's a very intelligent way of thinking about it because that's what it is. And it was it, it's the brainchild of Stephen Miller who has taken the U.S. regulations as they relate to immigration law and tried to find any little loophole or um, policy interpretation that he could get to be able to make it more difficult for someone to obtain this, these benefits of a green card holder. But what um, gets lost is how it affects people that – it, it maybe shouldn't be affecting. I, I believe that it was 
mainly targeted at Muslim communities where they had large groups of family members. So sometimes there's 10, 12 family members. And then when you take that into consideration, the likeliness of them becoming a public charge on a certain income is high. Um, But if you take our local community and see how it affects us, it's more affecting these students and people with lower incomes in terms of just starting out their lives that are going to be affected because they're going to be under this same scrutiny scenario and seen as being a likely to become a public charge. Well, then maybe there's something I don't understand about the green card, because you talked about people that have extended families. That green card does not or does it allow you to bring in extended families? It depends on what level you're at. So you have to take into consideration the person that is applying and then the person that is they're applying for, okay? So maybe the person is a son or daughter of a U.S. citizen, but if that person has 10 other um, children, then that all factors into the equation. So when you take into consideration what the household is, they may only be sponsoring one person, but the household has 10 children. That comes into the equation. That's the difference. And I know when you're talking, uh, referring back again to students, and in particular SUNY students, although it could apply to any students, if you're a a foreign national coming in, you forge a relationship with someone who is from the United States, then the assumption is you're not just using this place as a base to get your education and take it back with you, you are more likely then to probably stay here with that spouse and start a family, and then which, which would indicate that you would be able to fulfill the provisions of the green card as discussed earlier. Uh, right. I mean, anyone with that's in school that's getting their degree, you would think that you're getting that degree in order to utilize it. Um, that only helps our economy and our communities, especially if they're marrying someone that's local, um, having people with master's and bachelor's degrees in these type of specialized positions is is what our our local community thrives upon. Um, when someone gets a uh, student permit in order to student visa in order to come to the states, uh, there's no there's no uh, requirement that they have to bring any knowledge back to their home country. It's only for their own knowledge. And um, U.S. institutions are are seen by the world as sometimes as superior institutions. So that's why they have the um, Uh, the want and the desire to be able to come here and the relationships that are forged while they're here they're just organic and natural in that you know just like how two U.S. citizens would meet each other and where'd you meet we met in college it's so cliche but it's true Um, and the way that we have we have not seen this put into practice yet however thank goodness because uh, the day before it was supposed to go into effect the Attorney General in New York was able to secure an injunction. Uh, that injunction is still holding strong right now, and which means that this form and this policy has not gone into effect yet. Uh, we're not sure if it ever will, um, but if it does, we, we do see that affecting it. Um, another flip side of this is there's already a form that's required that, that analyzes the U.S. citizen as being fit to be able to sponsor a foreign national. So there is a form in place that has been in place for the 17 years I've been practicing that you have to be able to show that you will support the foreign national which you're sponsoring. And you sign a contract with the government that says that if that person ever applies for government assistance during the time that that contract is in place, that the U.S. citizen is on the hook to the U.S. government to be able to repay the U.S. government for any assistance that that foreign national applied for. Okay, So 
that safeguard to be able to safeguard against the foreign national becoming a public charge is already being factored into the equation. Um, I believe that this additional form is just a discretionary way to be able to say, well, we believe that you'll become a public charge, so we're going to deny your case based upon those grounds. Speaking with Jamie Fiegel, partner with Fiegel Carr and Joyce. This is Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930 WBEN. And uh, moving on to other parts of immigration, I understand the scope has changed for TN visas. And uh, first off, what is a TN visa? So Canadians and Mexicans under NAFTA, uh, which is still in effect right now, is they are afforded 65 category visa type that's just for Canadians and Mexicans. So if you're a Canadian citizen or a Mexican citizen, there's a special work permit for you. But you have to fit within one of these 65 different categories. Um, Some of them are very narrow in what they are, as in like a biologist or um, a doctor. So and some an attorney. Some of them are a little bit more broad, like a management consultant, which doesn't require a bachelor's degree. It can require experience. Um, A scientific tech, which means that you can work under someone who has a degree. You don't necessarily have to have the degree yourself. Um, There was a couple other categories, too, that that economists had a little bit of wiggle room for us where we could make the uh, legal argument that someone could fit within it, maybe if they weren't just that round peg in that round hole. But what we're seeing lately is that they are narrowing the interpretation scope of these categories to be very much um, what they say on paper, not allowing us to do more of a common sense analysis to say, well, if someone has this degree, it's very similar to that degree, and therefore the person should be able to come in under that category. Uh, Another hurdle that we're finding is that we're not allowed to, as attorneys, come to represent clients that are applying for work permits anymore. So at any given day, um, up until a couple years ago, if you would have showed up at the Peacebridge Port of Entry and just been referred in to, for an examination, you'd see a whole host of suited lawyers standing there with their clients waiting to adjudicate a work permit and talk with an officer on their behalf. Uh, that was taken away a couple years ago. And now what we have been forced to do is train our clients to become their own advocates. We have to prepare clients to advocate for themselves so that they can be prepared for the border officer's questions that not only have to do with what does their job pertain to and um, what their credentials are, but how does the law be interpreted in their favor so that they can actually obtain this benefit. Uh, it's it's been a real big challenge over the past two years to be able to prepare clients that way, um, but we've been successful in doing it, which is which is great. I guess you just always have to roll with what the next trend is. But another aspect, uh, not exactly my area of expertise, but that's why we have you. Yeah. The H-1Bs and H-2Bs. Mm-hmm. So H-1Bs are specialty occupation visas for anyone of any country. So they're not limited to just Canada like the TNs. Uh, and they're extremely highly competitive. So in order to apply for one, you have to be uh, considered for your occupation that you're applying for in the U.S. for it to be considered specialty under the government standards. Um, you also have to have a bachelor's degree or equivalent or a master's degree or equivalent. Okay, so that requires an evaluation sometimes. It also requires um, often an evaluation of a foreign degree. And once you do all those steps and you have your, um, you also have to make a certain amount of money 
you have to be offered a certain amount of money based upon the specialty occupation that you are applying for. So if you're applying in Buffalo uh, as a computer systems analyst and you have a bachelor's degree, what should your level of income be? What are what should your offer of employment be for that that uh, area? That differs throughout the country and it differs level. So you have to have that certified. So you get that certified, you're going to be paid enough, you have your degree, you have everything, you file. Now your challenge is there's 65,000 available and there's about 300,000 people applying. So it becomes a lottery process. Uh, We're told they pick out of a hat. They do it very generically and randomly and uh, it's supposed to be uh, fair and equitable And then the rest of the applications that are not chosen are just rejected and sent back. Um, For a lot of individuals who are in this country from countries other than Canada, uh, this is their only option. And they graduate from school. They go on. There's an optional practical training period where they can work in the U.S. for a year after graduation. And then their only option then is this H-1B. And it, it... becomes a very heart-wrenching process when there's only those 65 available, 65,000, and there's the huge amount of applicants. And it, it really doesn't sort through who the best applicants maybe would be because it's so generic. And I believe they choose a couple extra because they know that some will get denied and rejected. Um, so it, it is a, a flawed process in some in some respects. Um, but for a lot of people, it's the only option. And H-2Bs are something completely different. So a lot of people think of if it starts with an H, it must all be the same. But in in the way that the uh, visa categories work, there are seasonal workers and there's other types of workers that fit within different H categories. But H-1B is where we focus and it's specialty occupation for people with bachelor's or master's degrees. Certainly a lot to sift through and the best way would be to get in touch with you guys, uh, either through phone or website, I would imagine. Yes, uh, you can contact us via phone at 716-810-2121 or online. uh, You can come to our website and get some great free information, and that's www.yourborderattorneys.com. Perfect. Jamie, good to have you on again. Thanks. Thank you very much. Jamie Fiegel, partner with Fiegel Car & Joyce. This is Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930 WBEN. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 